Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty and don't adjust your screens or the device that you're listening to. This is real. Uh, Beside me tonight I have Dave. Hello. John. Hello. And Aaron. Yay. We have a full panel tonight. (laughs) This is uh, unusual. I, 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 I... you know, I've been thinking about this day quite a long time. It's been uh, literally, I think, the last time the four of us were together was the first week of September, the first first league week of September. We're now on the final league week of the whole entire league, and you're back. Everyone's here, so we just like to we just like to bookend the the season, start on a high, end on a high. That's it, um, and we are ending our our episode, we are ending our our league campaign on a on a big high, because um, we should say from the top, just right from the get go, we are here to celebrate the reigning defending back to back. To back, to back. Yeah. via play elite league champions, the Belfast Giants. Um, this past weekend, the Belfast Giants secured the elite league title, um, beating the Guildford Flames. And I think, Dave, I mean, we're, we're both there, and I know boys used to watching it at home um, through um, via play extra or whatever it was. Um, I think we were all expecting, I suppose, maybe a, a closer fight, a closer tight game on, on, on this past Saturday night, but it just didn't come. It's very clinical the whole game. It's unreal. Giants. If you go by the if you go by the tweets, the the the, the whole thing fell apart the next night. All the, the <laughs> well, worst thing ever. Well, or, or you could ask me, seeing as I was there. <laughs> yes, oh, we, yeah. will, we, we will get to that. Let's we'll, we'll get there in a second. Let's continue with our our celebrations of the night itself. Um, I I would say, Dave, you were there with me on the night. Um, it was probably the the quietest I've ever been on a on a championship night. I um, unbeknownst to that point, whenever I was at the game on Saturday night, I was in basically the middle of having a really bad. really bad tonsillitis to the point then where i end up on two antibiotics um after the game pretty much over uh, i was on antibiotic originally already at the game because i couldn't drink and then i had to get a second one then after the weekend i was in awful state i couldn't cheer i couldn't yell i couldn't i could barely speak to dave like i was trying to talk to you know what you do you know what you did you turned up for the team Indeed, I did, and I'm here today talking already. Um, I'm here to, today talking the episode, so I can put my my joy into that. Um, and we have a lot to talk about in this episode. Um, not just about the game that was just passed, but also I know there's a, a topic coming up. Um, later on in the podcast that we're all very excited about because that is the playoff uh, hockey, which is starting this coming weekend. So we will talk about that too. Um, let's just have a quick look at the standings. Just a just a final rundown of how the league ended for us uh, here in um, the Via Play Elite League. Um, st- obviously taking the top spot was the, the Belfast Giants. Um, when winning, retaining, winning the championship for the third time in a row, um, having played 54 games and 84 points. Guildford Flames then came second and they were worthy second place, uh, having a fantastic season overall. 54, 54 games played, 82 points. Sheffield Steelers ended third with uh, 77 points. Points. Cardiff Devils ended fourth, 75 points. 
Coventry Blaze ended fifth with uh, 72 points. Manchester Storm came in sixth with 48 points. Massive gap there between five and six. We'll talk about that in a second. Nottingham Panthers came in seventh with 47 points. And the Glasgow Clan took the last playoff spot in eighth place, having started pretty much three months later than everyone else, um, but still being better than all the rest of the the, 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 the Scottish teams. Uh, eighth place there with 35 points. The Five Flyers. Are in, we're in ninth uh, with 34 points, and the Dundee Stars unfortunately ended in 10th place with 31 points. Um, boys, I mean, it was a fantastic run for this season. Um, we talked about it throughout the podcast, you know, different stages of this uh, of this season. I mean, and we're having different various people on. We haven't obviously all been together, but I mean, for 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 a season itself, I mean, how would you sum that up, uh, John? Let's go with you first. Season highs and lows. Um, let's be totally honest. You go back half a dozen podcasts, um, probably more at this point, actually. Uh, go back to before Christmas, and we saw a Belfast Giants team that were struggling to scrape wins. We saw a doubleheader weekend against Manchester, where it was a complete wipeout, and it looked like game over at that point. And I'm pretty sure on more than one occasion, you'll find at least me on this podcast having said, that's it. It's now all about the Challenge Cup and playoffs. I did not see a league win coming, if I'm totally honest. And it was only in the last month, I think I really started to believe, as the Giants started to claw back, and really unfortunately, as the Guildford Flames started to lose games um, after Christmas, that was when it became a reality, because I thought it was a two-horse race between Guildford and Sheffield, and both of them seemed to hit a wall after Christmas. Um, It was unbelievable um, so it's definitely been a season of highs and lows for a Belfast Giants fan when you look across the table though there is a stark cliff edge with the top of the league and the bottom of the league um, and even in the bottom of the league there is the bottom of the league and then there's the bottom of the bottom of the league as well um, and unfortunately it's two of the three Scottish teams who are sitting pan flat at the bottom Um I think that's the second year in a row that these two teams have missed out on playoffs. I think it's uh, Fife and Dundee that have uh, both missed out two years running. Um, Not 100% on that. Someone will probably correct me in a really angry tweet. Um, Probably a a Dundee or a Fife fan. Um, But yeah, it is stark uh, with with those teams. But do you know what? I might be sitting here in Fife, but I don't care. Belfast Giants are champions. Yeah, Dave. You know, John has been very honest there about his opinions in relation to you know his his thoughts and opinions in terms of like his doubts certain parts of the season. I mean, overall, how about you? How would you sum up the season in terms of how how it went? It was definitely. I think everyone would agree that it was a, a tough season for all all teams. I think there was so much um, sort of play in like who there was no sort of um, you know no runaway victories you know a lot of big big games but you know one night you would thump a team and then the next night they come back and you know beat you and it was just that was the entire year it was just you know every team taking points off every team obviously you can see it in the points that didn't happen throughout it but it's um it's amazing how much the giants changed um after um what uh um scott conway said on the the awards night after they got rid of some dead weight, um, <laughs> they uh, they really changed the the team and the season. 
um, and and it can be and be really it was really telling, especially when you watch that game, the title winning game. Um, the Giants playing then was so clinical. Their um, power play goals they got were phenomenal, um, and they were drilled. They weren't um, they weren't individual efforts. We did have those, but um, there was just so many set pieces that went really well, um, and that comes from entire buy-in from the top to the bottom. You know, with Kiefer designing the drills and then the leadership and the team buying into them, and then the players executing them. So um, I think it was. When it came to the end, I think it really did come down to just the, the quality from top to bottom in that Giants team. I couldn't agree more. I think you're you're spot on with that. And Aaron, how about yourself? I mean, in terms of, you know, obviously what Dave and John have, you know, kind of echoed quite similar in terms of, you know, the the change of form and stuff, especially coming into the second half of the season and, and, and the kind of the certain changes that happen. I mean, what's your take overall in terms of summarizing the season itself? I think we've talked about this quite a few times and it is really just echoing what Dave and, and John have said just in a different 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 way. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Realistically, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, do we, John, or Dave, you kind of hinted at this as, as well as something that was said at the, the award night. Is it the dead weight and, the, and Bisco, or Bisco coming in that was... The, the turning point here well this is the question i was gonna ask so this is this is the next oh, question no it's okay you're reading my notes it's okay i'm always like i was glad to know that you're always on the same page it's good to know because it knows I'm, I'm on the same question my question was going to be and it's an open question for any of you lads to answer obviously there's been a lot of talk um on twitter been a lot of talk on social media been a lot of you know, we'll say sour grapes. We'll call it sour grapes. We're Belfast Giants fans, so we're gloating at the moment because obviously we're, we're massive fans of Belfast Giants. We're happy that we won yeah. and everything else. So, so here's, here's the game. question I want to ask. Taking off your Belfast Giants hats, so taking those hats off in terms of taking away everything and, and, and being trying to be non-biased as much as possible, okay? Um, John's putting on a, a Belfast Giants hat, thanks. Uh, oh, you're taking it off, great. That's That was a great visual there on, on the visual podcast. Um... We've seen a lot of people complaining, or people complaining, well, we say complaining because, yeah, they're complaining, but we've seen a lot of people saying that the Giants this year bought the league. Okay, we'll say bought the league in inverted commas. We've seen that the Belfast Giants were one of the teams this year to make changes when changes were needed. They've seen that there was an issue. They've seen there was there was concerns and areas around play. They got rid of three players, four players, I want to say, altogether. Well, they officially parted ways, I think, with two and, but I think it was four players in total who kind of, one kind of just disappeared and no one has talked about him. No one has even mentioned that he's disappeared, which is an interesting story in itself because I don't know anything about it. But we know that one Brit player has just kind of came in, signed, played well, and then all of a sudden is gone. Like Oosh. nobody knows where he, yeah, it's just like, what's Oosh. happened? Um, it's just like, okay. Um, and then we have a player, we obviously, we have two players who obviously were let go and it was quite, you know, there, there was quite a, a an obvious thing that they were let go, you know, in the middle of the season. And then we had a player who wasn't technically let go, but he decided to part ways with the Giants himself after Beskarani was brought in. So the question, my question really around it was, I mean, I I personally didn't think that it was a, a significant number of players were purchased to be brought in. Th- did anybody else think that? I mean, does, I mean... No, look, this, this was not the the same things that we've seen done in the likes of Sheffield. You're talking about four, four or five uh, moves, um, and really the people that we moved for, um, it's at least one of them a Brit from the NIHL. Um, so you're talking, 
about the sort of smart moves that were coming in to either replace moves out, which is completely allowed within the rules. Every team uh, where they had the finances available, and I think you could look at the top four, maybe top five teams, and they all, in fact, top six teams when you look at Manchester as well, they all made moves for players within the the trading window uh, or within the signing window uh, before the trade deadline. Um, Most teams shed what, let's call it, dead weight within their rosters at one point or another. Um, So for any of the other nine teams in the league to try and suggest in any way that the Giants have played checkbook hockey is just absolute nonsense, really. Um, You look a few seasons ago, we saw Sheffield essentially had a revolving door, which is why we now have the signing rules that we have about roster changes, about injury reserves and all the rest of it, because let's be perfectly honest, a few teams were playing silly buggers with it and the league had to step in and make stipulations on in-season signings. So that's where we are. Look, the rules changed. We've played within the rules. We won the championship. Suck it up. Yeah. Yeah, get a bigger checkbook. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I personally, sorry, Aaron, go ahead. I was going to. Say, I know I brought up the question saying, you know, was it Besco that that was the turning point? And I, I think that might be the single, it's the easiest turning point to look at. But there are a lot of other players that came in and showed up and showed uh, I, up well. I personally. <laughs> I would say, yeah, Basco was, was quality. He's definitely a quality player, you know, phenomenal netminder. I don't think it would have changed the result at the end of the season because Wiss was playing phenomenally before uh, Basco came in. And, you know, he did, obviously, he didn't play for quite a bit, so we don't know whether there's something behind there. We obviously, the Giants are very close-lipped about uh, possible injuries or anything. But if he was healthy, um, you know, we probably could have made a run um, with with Wiss, um, I don't can't see there being any of the games that uh, were tight that uh, that Wiss probably wouldn't that you wouldn't have been going. Oh, Wiss would never have won that game. I think probably would have been a good, a good shout as well. Mm. Um, can I, can it's, I throw... the, it's the combination I think of signings yeah. that really worked. But um, let's be totally honest as well. Um, let's throw some league stats at you. League leaders, league leader in points, Scott Conway with ninety. Lead uh, player with goals in the league, Scott Conway with 40. Save percentage, number one in the league, Tyler Beskarwani, 94.02 save percentage. Goals against average, lowest goals against average, Tyler Beskarwani, 1.45 goals against. Uh, Goals per game, Belfast Giants come top with 4.28. Goals against per game, 2.22. So see, to be honest... Goal scoring and a great goalie. We won because we did both of those mm. remarkably well, mm. and we did them both far better than every other team. Yeah. Having th- that combination and that combination, it's not a, it's not individuals. Yes, Scott Conway and Tyler Beskarwani have excelled themselves, but they can't do everything. Tyler Beskarwani doesn't get a safe percentage like that without a good defensive core standing in front of him. Uh, Scott Conway doesn't score 90 points, 40 goals in a season without great whole team play coming up the ice and giving him the opportunity to play and make those shots and make those points. This is a whole team performance, I think. Yes, it's encapsulated within those two players, but this is a, probably, pound for pound, 
one of the best Belfast Giants teams yeah. I think has ever been put together. 100%. And there's team, yeah. there's players on this team. And it's very rare that I do this. It's very, it's very rare that by the end of the season, I kind of, by the end of the season, I always try to kind of be more rational in the fact that like, you know, okay, well, you know, whoever comes back, I'm happy about. But this is the first year in a long time where I have a list of players sitting that if they don't come back, I am going to be gutted. Like, there's literally players on this list this year. Where I'm just like, I need he needs to come back. I need him back in my life. You know, there is literally like players this year where, uh, who have only came in towards the tail end of the season. And you're right, Aaron. You know, Besco came in, and I think you know, there's no argument. He's made a you know, he's made a statement. He's came in, and he's really given a bit of confidence to you know the team and, and everything else and the fan base and everything else. And I agree with you. There's there's definitely no no argument there. He has definitely done that. But there's other players, Dave, as you mentioned. You know, you've got likes of. Norris, who obviously he's been here pretty much most oh, of the season, but he's obviously but he, Norris, this, Norris this last past half this the last half of the season. I mean, I love watching. If he doesn't get signed for a full contract next season, there is something wrong. Um, McLeod, the brother McLeod, he is lightning, lightning fast. He is impressive. I just I'm in awe of him, and I just uh, think if he doesn't come back, Grant Cooper, Lowe's Cooper. I mean, other Cooper, Alt Cooper, other Cooper, Alt Cooper. Yeah, yeah, Alt Cooper. yeah. Um, I mean. Anyway, we're, we're getting ahead because that'll be the question for the next podcast. We'll be at the end of the playoffs and we'll be checking to see who we want for the next season. So that keep that. Let's hold that. Um, well, yeah, that can just be all. Check yeah. all. Please. Here, listen. Don't joke about that. If, if if they do it, absolutely. Sign that whole squad back up again. <laughs> um, guys, before we move on, let's just finish off um, our, our, league, our, our, our league chat before we move on to... Um, across the pond to the NHL um, obviously we were talking about obviously the Giants win that championship game on the Saturday um, John you were there on the Sunday and Aaron as you mentioned maybe the game didn't go so well for the Belfast Giants on the Sunday um, Listen, but that, if anybody listened team... to if anybody listened to Kiefer's um, post game interview that was uh, <laughs> pretty telling stuff so John was it as good as what we, we were watching at home <laughs> absolutely it was uh, like watching the champions roll into town um, absolutely brilliant <laughs> and uh, yeah, they literally just, roll them into time. They, they the might street. actually have. They, they might actually have. Um, the funniest thing, I, I messaged you after this game uh, in our group chat, and um, I was Dundee's weird because there's no defined away sections. So when you go in, you just. I was about to say, yeah, no Dundee's is weird, but let's talk about hockey. Yeah, set <laughs> rice um, essentially, and kind of you just have to find an empty seat. So I was surrounded by um, a couple of Giants fans, but a lot of Dundee fans. And as the goal started rolling, um, especially, unfortunately, as Dicko came in, the, the Stars saw an opportunity and they went out and out uh, against Dicko. It was not a reflection on him at all, because right? I guarantee Dicko was probably feeling the, the celebrations from the night before as well. Um, but the Stars and their fans kind of forgot for 60 minutes that they were in 10th place in the league Bottom with the league. <laughs> some of the worst some of the worst percentages for the season and honestly thought that at this point 50 51 52 54 games in that their team had finally come good and were beating the champions i had to remind a few people that uh, the very small roster that was iced were all probably still drunk and yeah. they all look if nothing else the Dundee fans went home after their last game of the season very happy so do you know what the Giants very, win again very... for being great great league team players 
given the tenth. It was it was a very cathartic, happy, gracious. It was a very cathartic experience for the Dundee Stars. Obviously, for that last game, um, obviously that's what they needed. And actually, I think the post game interview we'll we'll talk about Dundee at the start of period one but uh post-game interview with um you know with mason the post-game he, he kind of alluded to that himself he kind of said you know this is the kind of what we needed you know we kind of need to send that we were kind of glad to be able to send the fans home at the end of the season and with this win and so that the last memory of the game of, of the season wasn't how bad of a season it was so um, i mean do you, know the, do you know the only thing do you know the only thing i'm upset about about that game it's not the result i couldn't care less about that result it didn't really matter it was a complete dead rubber for the giants I didn't realise the league trophy was in Dundee with the team that night and was on uh. the team bus. So they were out with fans, letting them have a, a photo with the, the league trophy. Do you know what I did? I got in the car and I went home. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely raging. It wasn't until I got back here and had a look on social media, I realised that the trophy had been 30 yards behind me. Uh, in the car park so absolutely livid how dare they not announce that uh, that trophy was going to be there how dare they I'm I'm going to take my tail glasses off for a little second how dare I and ask a question that you saw saw so many tweets about which I think is absolutely insane about how unsportly you know how unsportsmanship it was that we didn't sleeve the celebrations until Sunday night to go for a game am I am I bonkers by thinking that's who, who thinks no, like that do, do you know do you know who i do you know who i saw like okay so there there is a there is an argument on this and I, I totally understand the people who were saying this for one reason the the game on sunday had the potential to be pivotal it had the potential to be a league deciding game for that reason there was a bus of fans who made the journey from belfast to dundee on the off chance that, say, Guildford had beaten Belfast in Belfast the night before, the Giants would have had to win in Dundee yeah. to basically to guarantee the league because on the tiebreaker, the Giants would have won yeah. because of um, regulation wins. Uh, Guildford couldn't do anything about that. So, yes, I understand that those fans had paid for their bus, for their ferry, for their game tickets and all the rest of it. I totally get that. Look, I paid for my game ticket as well, um, but I only had to drive down the road. I had to drive half an hour down the road to Dundee. That's totally fine for me. Um, But I understand why those people expected more from the team. Oh, I didn't hear it from... I didn't hear anything from our team or from our fans. I I was reading tweets from other fan bases saying it was... It wasn't... Well, do you know what? Unless you're... Unless you're a Dundee fan who's on the other side of things and is absolutely raging that you didn't play the champions at their best, let's be honest, guys, that would have been a result flipped on its head. So maybe be a little bit more graceful about that. If you're any of the other eight teams, mind your own business. Yeah, I just like that's just that's just you know suck it up. I mean, like of course you're gonna of course you're gonna celebrate the championship win as soon as you can cha- celebrate come, the championship win. Come at us. As soon come as at the- us when you lift a trophy. <laughs> exactly. Oh, on that, Sorry, let, no, let's no say, other team in this league has lifted a trophy yet this season. Um, and uh, and also no other uh, tr- no other le- no other club in this league has lifted the the, the, the elite championship uh, as much as much as the Belfast Giants as well. Yep, six times. <laughs> six times. Um, just let just add that on. Um, anybody else for anything else before we move on to the NHL? Now let's roll it. No, okay. We'll move across the pond and just have a quick look at the NHL and the standings there. We have officially 
about one week left officially of the schedule for the NHL. So we're currently sitting, as of listening to this today, we'll be, if you're listening to this on Friday, which will be the 7th of April, we have exactly one week left. The, the league is due to finish on the 14th of April, which is the last uh, regular season games for the league. Um, majority of the places for this year's Stanley Cup, though, however, have been solidified. Uh, there is... To, there's a couple of playoff spots um, cut through the wildcard spots, which are still up for grabs. Um, so we will talk about those. So let's have a quick look. The main spots, as I say, have been all secured. So the, in the eastern side of the country in the Metropolitan Division, all of the, all, the, the top three teams are Carolina, New Jersey and New York Rangers who have secured their spots into the playoff or to the Stanley Cup playoffs. In the Atlantic Division, Boston finished top there uh, followed by Toronto and then Tampa Bay have also secured their spots. Um, I should also note that the, uh, Boston has also won obviously the um, conference as well there. Um, they've won the President's they've Trophy as won well. The President's Trophy President's won the league. Yeah, correct. Um, the wild card spots currently held by Florida and the New York Islanders. Now that could possibly change. Pittsburgh is still on a bit of a run there. Um, the the Florida pant the Florida Florida and New York Islanders are both on seventy eight games played and eighty seven points, and Pittsburgh on seventy eight games played and eighty six points. There is still a possibility for the Pittsburgh Penguins to move into one of those wild card spots. Um, we could also note you could also say Buffalo and Ottawa are within a chance, but I would say that's probably least likely, given the fact that it's eighty one points um, and seventy six games played. So they do have two games to play in hand. However, I would say likelihood is we're looking at the three top teams are Florida, New York Islanders, and Pittsburgh for that last wild cards, those last wild card spots. Um, so we're saying there's not a chance for the Flyers then. Um, uh, what happened? What happened to this thing earlier in the season about the this was the year, Aaron? This was the year. Awkward. What's um, doing? Dude, wearing that hat. Um, I mean, honestly, you guys are delusional. Moving over to the western side of the country, then um, Central Division is the same. Three wildcard spots um, have been solidified there: Car- uh, Colorado, Dallas, and Minnesota, securing mm-hmm. their spots and their places in the the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. Pacific Division, Vegas, Edmonton, and Los Angeles have also secured their spots as well. Similarly, uh, the wildcard spot is more to do with maybe one, only one spot really remaining there. Seattle kind of are, 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 have a, a good educated guess and an argument that Seattle they can clinch their tonight. spot. They can clinch. Seattle, yes, can, Seattle can clinch tonight. So Seattle can clinch tonight. So the only other spot that is uh, available is that second spot, which is currently being held by Winnipeg, who played 78 games on 89 points. And Calgary are in third place with 79 games played there and 89 points. However, Nashville are still sitting there in fourth. There is is still a possibility and John's probably sitting there being like shaking his head or whatever oh he's nodding okay there is still an outside chance that Nashville could clinch that second that second wild card spot um, they are on 77 games played and 86 points um, so they have got a game in hand to bring them up to the 78 the 78 mark for the games played like the majority of the rest of the team the league um, and actually they could do that um, and also then if they win I think you know their last two games then if part of that and Winnipeg drops one they could move into that, that, that last that last spot so there is still an outside chance for Nashville to take a spot in the Stanley Cups so well we will have to wait and see um, the biggest one is that we have a game against um, oh who is it we have a game against Calgary as well coming up in the last six that we have um we also have a game against the Wild, Dave. I mean, come on, you guys are already in. Could you give us a win? <laughs> Krill's back. He's getting ready for playoffs, so no. 
<laughs> I don't think anybody's going to step aside for you, mate. That's the problem. Um, exactly. So the playoffs. If if the playoffs were to start today, the playoff bracket. Obviously, we we'll, we will look at the playoff bracket in in more detail probably in our next episode because obviously we'll know what the playoff bracket is at that point, and we can kind of get a bit of an idea in terms of what your kind of guys think in terms of like you know who's going to do it and 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 that sort of thing. We'll get an idea for your brackets and stuff um, leading in the playoffs. Um, but at the moment, the playoff kind of. Um, if we was to, as of today, um, as it currently stands, the the current playoff bracket would see Boston Bruins facing the New York Islanders. The Carolina Hurricanes would go up against the Florida Panthers. The Devils would take on the New York Rangers, which to me looks like a really enticing round. I I think that's a really good bracket. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs would take on the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round, and then the Western side of things, Vegas would take on the Winnipeg Jets. Colorado would take on Seattle. Edmonton Oilers would be up against the Los Angeles Kings, and the Dallas Dallas Stars would take on the Minnesota Wild. Um, so that's how it's looking at this time. Dallas Wilds, the you know, that'd be a good one. That would be another good one. I was thinking that as well. Technically, we're the same jersey. Uh, actually true um they, they came born of one one came born of the other is yeah. that what it is um i i think you're right though marty i think the most interesting one there would be the the battle of new york i think that could be that could be immense i it looks mm. like an interesting lineup it looks like it definitely looks like an interesting playoff bracket um and i say it doesn't look like too many things obviously what you just have to do is substitute out any of the the teams who you're kind of on that borderline whether or not they'll be there or not but it's a it's an interesting um Definitely an interesting take to see how things are going to pan out, but I'll say we'll talk about that in more detail in our next episode. Um, guys, I think that's really it then as a roundup. Um, are we happy to move into our period one? That's good. Let's do it. Great, oh, let's move yeah. into our period one of hockey. Okay, period one is a roundup of news stories from around the UK. Um, we're going to lead with uh, the story coming straight off the back of the end of the league run. Um, Dundee Stars finishing in last place um, in the 10th place position. Didn't wait. There was no sitting around. They played on Sunday and on Monday morning, the announcement was made that um, Jeff Mason was being replaced as the head coach uh, of the Dundee Stars um, with the move that head coach, the new announcement that Mark Lefrev would be coming back to the team um, after a, an absence. Um, I think he's um, away at the time. I think, uh, is it correct? Was he in North America at the time, I think? Or he's been the past six seasons coaching in North America and in Europe. Um, so he's returning to the Dundee Ice Arena after some time away. Um, I mean, two things, I suppose, two questions that, that, that came out of this and I kind of wanted to kind of get your thoughts on. Um, Dave, I'm going to ask you the first question and, and John, the second question is more direct towards you. Aaron, sorry, I didn't have a question for you, but maybe I'll come up with something before we finish this part. Dave, the first question that's come up with you was like, I mean, the announcement came quite quick. Um, you know, it was a like not it wasn't like a there's no waiting around. There's no it was just like straight away, this is what's happened, our season has turned out badly, this is what our result is. I mean, what's your take on that? It's obviously been on the, the cards. Um well, that's my feeling, is that after they had a, a the bad run, uh, obviously that was the run's been bad for, for Dundee from I don't know, most of the season. Um, September. September, yeah. <laughs> um, so they're, you know, I think that when the opportunity came for them to to snap up um, Leflev, they've decided to, to go for it. The big thing that is that he's sort of a proven entity in the Elite League. You know, he's been uh, there, there, thereabouts for, for quite a while. Um, he spent a bit of time in the 
ECHL, uh, getting a bit of sort of North America uh, under his belt. Uh, went to Denmark, went to France, and then back to, to Dundee. Hopefully, uh, for, for the Dundee people out there, is he'll made some some contacts, some friends in that we jaunt around, um, and we might see some new faces uh, in Dundee. Um, and with with the initial experience he's got, I can't see there being a big... I can see there being a big change. Um, probably a bit of a shake-up, probably want to put his own stamp back on the team. Um, but here's hoping he gets more than a year. Um, yeah. You know, he needs to be given a wee bit more time, so... John, obviously, um, so the, the, obviously, as David kind of you know highlighted about you know obviously the, there was obviously been in the works you know there's obviously good aspects to possibly what what kind of come off this from in terms of you know where where he's came from and kind of those back parts and stuff. You know, we've seen Dundee move, um, and we've seen a lot of rumors and a lot of chat online about how he, this this response is exactly what they wanted the fan, what the fans and Dundee wanted to see. They wanted to see this quick response. They wanted to see that something was going to happen because this is not acceptable for the way this how the season went. There's also talk about you know whether other clubs and stuff should be taking a similar stance. We've talked about this previously, but what's I mean, what's your take? I mean, I'm sure you've seen it online yeah. as well. Um, well, let me start. I'll, I'll give a bit of insider on the, the Dundee side of things as well. Um, so when I was in Dundee, I was chatting to a couple of friends who are um, sort of hardcore Stars fans. And this was not the name that was being bandied around amongst fans. There was a name had been linked um, to the Stars. Um, and it was another name that is known in Dundee, but is currently a GM elsewhere in the league. Um, there had been suspicions put round, clearly false suspicions put round that uh, Omar might be making the trip north again. That clearly isn't the case. Um, there was also talk that uh, the signing and the, the quick signing of Lefebvre may be as a result of the wards continuing on as owners, where there had been rumours that they were looking to sell the team. Um, but they may have put too high a price tag on prospective buyers, uh, and they have... Uh, walked away so a lot of interesting things going on in Dundee at the minute and a lot of sort of interesting chat in the stands uh, let alone what's kind of happening publicly but yes you're absolutely correct this is not the only team who needs to be making these sort of calls um, and let's just pay respects quickly to um, to Mace um, absolute servant to the Belfast Giants when he was in Teal um, it's a massive shame, and I did chat to my friends in Dundee and said the team that Mace is coaching is not entirely his. Uh, that is a team that was at least, let's say, half signed by the time he took the reins. Um, I think I think the idea was that that was a deal made at playoffs last year that Mace was going to head to to Tayside. Um, I would have liked Dave, like you say, like any coach given one year can only do so much. Um, I would have liked to see Mace given another year. Clearly, he was under pressure from the start with what he was given um, but it would have been nice to see him build a team from scratch and be given that opportunity but uh, the Stars and the Ward family clearly are not doing that the other team who clearly need to do something are the Five Flyers um, we, like you say Marty we have talked about it time and time again there is palpable frustration in Kirkcaldy um, I've been to a few games down there um, unfortunately my hairdresser is a Flyers fan I am not looking forward to my haircut next week before playoffs I might turn up <laughs> looking like a shaved cat uh, no idea what I'm going to end up looking like coming down um, the, ma the massive problem 
facing change in Fife is the fact that they made the playoff final this year. That will be taken by the owners as a win. And unfortunately, that is not what the fans want. The fans want a reflection on the consistent results in the league. Uh, they want change because this cannot carry on. Um, Did you see the interview um, with Doots at the end for the last game? No. Uh, in um, Guildford? No. You would have thought he won the league the way he was talking. You know, it was like, yeah, we're not happy with the result, but we made the the Challenge Cup final. It's not not uh, not every team can say they did that this year. And you're going, you know, you're sitting there. Yes, okay, they were point, a, what a point off um, a playoff spot, but like a point, still, a point off might as well be ten points off. It doesn't yeah, matter. That's it. But um, uh, the way he talked about it, you thought that his team was fantastic, and that is the issue: is that so he's going to hang his hat on it. So I appreciate that it is just the one point, but when what's the major difference there between the five flowers and the Glasgow clan being only one point, and the five were actually well in the well, final for the Glasgow clan. For the Glasgow clan, the difference is they have two playoff games to play, where five don't. You can also make an argument as well, <clears throat> and I'm not defending what has happened. I'm not defending what has happened in 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 um. Glasgow this year but you could make the argument about obviously they had a poor start to the season in relation to getting up up and running quite late um they had the whole issue around the their their coach halfway through the season and that whole big issue around that coach you have the whole big media backlash from the stupid thing about signing a player that they were like we Mm. didn't know um we had all of that this year we had players walking away from the team we had mass exodus of players shall we say at one point where just felt like there was hemorrhaging people left right and center and they had let's let's be honest they've had an unfortunately bad bad season this year um some things brought on themselves some things out of their control and i think what they've been able to do is bring in this temporary stand-in coach gm or whatever it was to kind of tie everything together they obviously had the whole thing around the the sale of the team is the tail is the team being sold is it not being sold and neil black still wanting to hang on to the team is not uncertainty around all of that so i think when we t- when you take into consideration and we look at the background for the glasgow clan and everything that they've had to put up with this year well you can't really say that for dundee and fife because they've had quite you know the, the, play, the, the, the there's been no real well maybe there is and we just don't know but Drama. you know there's been issues there you know they have they've got strong sales there you know they've got people who are owning them and have been no issues really around that you've got long-term you know coaches and gms and stuff in the likes of in fife you know so i think that's a bit of a difference i would say well that would be my argument for the difference here's a question i have got a question for you aaron um and it just came out of because of something that uh john did say and john used the phrase high price tag which kind of then triggered something that was a bit of a conversation today so dundee here's the question here's the here's what i'm going to put you in i want to get your thoughts on this so dundee came bottom of the league they came 10th they um changed their coach and then today i want to say or was it yesterday yeah no over 20 just over 24 hours ago so yesterday this was the dundee stars then put out their ticket prices for the 2020 <laughs> for the 2023 2024 season um for their season ticket prices i should say um and their season ticket for the year comes in at 582 pounds a concession ticket is 480 pounds which means that um let me see someone did the work someone did someone did the maths for me so i'm gonna try and have a wee look here what the maths was per game so someone had already worked out how much it was so it was for how many games was that for so it's yeah 582 
basically it works out they're going to be the, the most expensive game the most expensive game to go to this year will be in Dundee um, and it's, ex- it's already expensive for that like I'll put it out there I paid 22 quid to watch the Giants get humped it's 22 quid a ticket for a single ticket what is it 18 16 29 the Giants um, when you put on the fees, eighteen plus picking fees. Yeah, yeah so it works oh, out exactly fees. twenty pounds yeah, yeah. if you put on the ticket fees now for the for, for Ticketmaster. But I mean, I mean that's a that's a that's a quite an extortion. That's quite a high price for a season ticket. Would you agree? Yes. Well, at least they're offering zero percent interest over twelve months. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they? <laughs> it's, uh, it's I'm on the Dundee Stars website here. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Well, at least that's one thing. Was <laughs> that two pound a? Uh... Two pound a point or something. This or not even about a five or a point that they Wait. they got this year. That's mad. Um, but yeah, it's mad. It's crazy. Um, guys, I think that's do, it. Do for we that. know? Do we, we don't have an idea of what each team spend is, do we? Supposedly, they all spend within the cap. The cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Within <laughs> the cap. As long as went within the cap, but doesn't mean that like that's your maximum. Doesn't mean that they're all spending that volume. I would say that looking at the way the tables ended this season, with the exception of Guildford, who I think swung way above their um, financial um, expectations, I think you could probably look at the the spend. Uh, I would, with maybe one or two slight changes, I would probably put Sheffield further up on spend, um, yeah. and maybe Nottingham as well. Really, unfortunately for their position, I think they probably spent a good bit more. But I think the the spend level is probably reflective of the league table at the minute. We didn't really talk about the the middle of the table. Yeah, the... well, Nottingham's still the bottom technically, but yeah, done. Straight <laughs> <laughs> done. We will we'll talk about we'll, we'll hold that because we will talk about the middle of the table when we come back towards at, um in our overtime segment because we are going to be talking about playoffs. So hold that because we will talk about it uh, because we will be talking about um what the actual who's playing who and um we'll we'll, we'll go we'll talk about me at that point as well about sheffield's media blunder um when we come back to that <laughs> too. Right. um john i'm going to switch over to you i'm going to hand hand it over hand the rest of the period over to you because i think the next two stories at least are your side i've got one added in one but so we'll come back to me at the end okay um I put a story in there that was about the Giants winning the Elite League, but clearly we've already covered that. <laughs> yep. But uh, we just want to remind they, everyone they the that Belfast Giants won the uh, via play Elite League for, I believe it was the third time. Um, oh, in a row. Sorry, third, in a sorry row. third time in a row and sixth time overall. Yeah. I don't um, I don't think we asked this question. So for John and I who watched it on TV, what was the atmosphere like? Oh, it was bouncing. What you imagine the atmosphere was going to be like is pretty much exactly what the atmosphere was like. Um, as soon as that that last two minutes of play, that last two minutes in the arena, we were on our feet. Everyone was on their feet. Um, where where does it rank between the Conti Cup shootout and the CHL game? Those are, those were the two biggest it's biggest still... biggest crowd involvement games I've ever been at in the SSE. I. I think if it was a tighter game, it would have felt more like those games that you're talking about. It wasn't a tight game, so therefore I think the whole last, the whole last, pretty much five, six, seven, maybe even ten minutes, nearly, because it was such a big difference with the score line, the score line, people became really confident and were getting a bit, 
you know, and you're just hearing more and more of the, you know, we are number one chants and stuff. And me and Dave both don't like that chant. So we were kind of sitting there being like, oh, let's not start that yet. Um, Already maybe do it at the very end as well. I did make it at the very end, but that was okay at the very end because it was only one, it was only a minute left in the game. And I think we had won the game. Like, still my, freaking out. my voice doesn't work. Dave, you have to cheer I'll, for I'll, me. I'll go with you on that chant because um, some of the, the fans in Dundee the next night tried to do the we are number one when it was about 7-1 and the Dundee fans just started shouting we are number 10 and then <laughs> getting close no. to the game getting close to the end of the game they started chanting we want 10 because yeah. they only needed one more goal for it yeah we don't so, I don't like that chant at all I'm not a big fan of it. oh hold on you definitely ch- we were at a game who, well, we who, want who, 10 oh no that's a different thing we want oh, yeah. 10 you definitely no, yeah, no, no I like 10. that chant no I like that chant oh, no, I mean, that yeah. chant, not that not I mean, we the, are number one I mean no, we are number one one because it's got too many options for it to come back and bite you in the bum. Uh, not the Sheffield Gold Song, though. No, um, but no. The atmosphere itself, as you can imagine, it was it was a fantastic atmosphere. It was great atmosphere. People were just, you know, as you can imagine, people were just straight away. You know, within the last few minutes, people were on their feet. The noise was rising, really good. But again, as I say, I would kind of say. I mean, I remember thinking back to the Challenge Cup game, and I remember during I think it was the second period break. I think it was. I was talking to um, Paddy Smith from A Feast from the Bridge on that game, and I remember him just saying, "It's a shame that it's such a, a an out there game that the, the gap is such a big because it's kind of." reduced the actual like atmosphere a bit and I think I felt that was a bit the same when it came to the third period and it was such a big scoreline deficit I, I kind of felt it was a bit stilted in certain parts and still noise don't get me wrong still brilliant and whatever else but I just think and even that, that last final whistle when the whistle blew and everyone went nuts and everything else is still the same but I just don't it wouldn't be at the same level as you're talking John in relation to the CHL kind of probably pressure comparable to that yeah. challenge, probably comparable to that challenge cup win this year though yeah I would say it would be the same Ice Hockey UK this week have announced that the national governing body for the sport in the UK have a new chief executive officer in the form of Henry Stallings, who will become the the new CEO and he'll take up office in mid-April. A large part of the role, according to Ice Hockey UK, will be the ongoing progression of the GB programme. Uh, and its representative teams, as well as key relationship with uh, Ice Hockey Federation, or sorry, the IIHF, the home nation associations consistent of the EIHA, the SIH and the Elite League and the organisations in UK Sport, British Olympic Association and the Home Nation Sports Council and UK Anti-Doping. He's got a massive remit. Um, he's coming with experience. Um, his most recent role was as Chief Executive of Forest Green Rovers, uh, who were renowned as the world's greenest football club, according to FIFA. Um, so from my perspective, it's nice to see that there's someone with uh, an environmental conscience uh, is coming in here. Um, guys, it's a, it's a change of direction. This has been coming for a while. There's been, um, I think, somebody acting as a chair or a, uh, a holding chair uh, CEO for at least the last number of months, if not close to a year. Um, doesn't say anything about this idea for unification and unified body quite yet. Um, but it's it's nice to see somebody coming in. Probably nice to see somebody coming in from outside the sport. Um, Marty, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, I guess when I when I read the story and I and then I watched a little thing, I watched a little bit that he had done. Um, you know, he kind of commented about you know it's it's about it's it's time that we bring you know such a fast paced sport, a sport that is just growing and growing and growing in the UK, and stop treating it like it's this. Um, 
you know, secret little thing that people should be holding, that people are holding on to. You know, people should be, it should be getting mass more appeal. And I think it's very interesting, as you say, John, like it's a, it's a big, big task he's coming in, you know, a lot to do. I mean, he's got an ambitious commercial marketing communication strategy. Um, everything has to be built upon, um, expanding the audience of ice hockey right across the UK and all of the different facets of it in terms of the, um, WIHF tournaments, uh, you know, Ice Hockey UK itself as Team GB, all of those things all fall under this banner. So it's a lot, a lot of stuff that he's going to have to try and pull, pull under. But I think you're right. I think it's a great idea to bring in someone. Now, obviously, we don't. I don't know how big. Um, what was the name of the team? Sorry, that he's coming from Forest, Forest Green, Green Rovers. Forest Green Rovers. I don't know which t- where that team plays. I don't know. Like I don't know. Like they could be in like Division Four. I I don't know where they are. Let's put it that way. Next to Wrexham. Well, it could be League one. Sorry? League one. They're League one. League there one. you go. Well, there you go. I mean, that's not sniff that then if they're in League one. Um, but um, I mean, I think it's right. I think you know people sometimes will turn their nose up, and I know we joke around and we like football. You know, I know we joke around about it, and um, people turn their nose up about you know hockey fans can be quite snobby about football and, and everything else. But the one thing you will say about football is they know how to brand they know how to advertise and they know how to get the inf- they know how to get their branding out there they know how to get that sport to be seen and then you know how to get a club to be seen so i think to bring in someone with that mentality someone who knows how to kind of bring it forward on a national level i think that's that's what you're looking for and i think that's exciting times for for the for uk hockey a question Do for you, you John. Most- oh sorry yep where, where does the uk ice hockey uh, govern northern ireland um, do they not fall under the Scottish no. program? Fall under the Irish program? <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, no. Um, so his coverage will uh, be as the elite league or stakeholders in Ice Hockey UK. That's that's where uh, that'll come under. Because um, I think the juniors are governed under the Scottish system to no, make sure go- that they've actually got opposition. No, because we govern under the Irish, and then we play in the the teams play in the Scottish. That's why we've no home, no not many home games. Well, anyway, um, the most interesting thing, um, one of the biggest reasons that Forest Green uh, Football Club are called the greenest is because did you know that all they serve their food wise, everything's vegan. Wow. Um, so, so what? Just they, beers and nuts. They said. They said that uh, they wanted to become a vegan club because of the huge environmental and animal welfare impact of livestock farming, as well as to improve player performance and give fans healthier, tastier match day food. So if if a microwave burger in the SSE takes about 25 minutes to get cooked and given to you, I wonder how long it would take them to do like a bean burger. I don't know, John. I don't know. 25 minutes no run down run out just before they just just like maybe like two minutes at the end of the period run downstairs scan your ticket yes. out go into the pavilion go to uh <laughs> five guys get your burger five guys you could probably get that done eat that and have that done before the even game starts back here for the second period just eat just eat just before you walk out just eat oh my god oh, just, just eat <gasps> do you think do you think just eat would do it to the inside pavilion doors <laughs> yes they could or I mean that's, that's possibly the laziest thing in the world to do is to get a, a justy or a delivery guy to take it from five guys to those doors no put it but, put in the city put in the city world um, address and get them to bring it upstairs to city world and meet you at the actual escalators for city world even better <laughs> why can't you just put your seat number in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's be honest let's be honest he's not wrong <laughs> delivery guys coming down like sorry uh, I've got an order here for 
Um, guys, I'm going to bring the tone down now, uh, unfortunately, um, because the this week news broke, sad news broke in uh, Basingstoke, uh, and that was the news that the Basingstoke Bison will not be competing in the 2023-24 NIHL season. Uh, the reason given for this is that uh, the, there are major works required at the rink. Now, um, first and foremost, um, our thoughts are with Anthony from Banners. Um, he's deeply involved with Basingstoke Bison. Um, if you haven't had a chance, I have um, read through the, the piece that he put out um, just a couple of days ago. It's uh, a great read from a guy who is clearly... Um, hurting at the moment is clearly invested in his team uh, and the work that he does for the Bison is second to none um, and we, we do hope uh, fairly soon to have Anthony on because he is going to absolutely school us on our NIHL knowledge um, as well but uh, if you haven't had a chance to read it go and read Anthony's piece you get a, a real insight into the the unfortunate situation in Basingstoke, the, the issues between uh, the rink operator and the local council and why the, the rink has gotten into the, the sad state that it is. Um, but guys, I think this kind of predates me and my Giants time, but uh, Marty and Dave, I think you guys have uh, a bit of a soft spot for Basingstoke in particular. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Dave's got his be- I knew Dave was going to put out his Basingstoke jersey there. Um I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, Basingstoke uh, haven't been in the previously been in the elite league and stuff, and and on our early days of of um, supporting the Giants, um, watching the team coming and playing, and you know, you do you kind of have a bit of a soft spot for those teams who who do play who have played in the, previously in the elite league, and you you get the see you get to see and you got to know those those whole, um, household names and stuff, and you do you do build up an affinity for those for those teams, you know, with the likes of Basingstoke Bison, we have a fondness for we have a we have a font we have a fondness for the 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 Vipers. She was a big one for us too we had a massive fan we have we're big fans of those as well you know when you talk about you like the whole stingrays another team that you know that we we would have a we, we love the name of and stuff and we we hold we hold quite close as Bracknell well Bees at the end of the day yeah bracknell and, and and edinburgh capital still to this day you know there's there's those teams that you just kind of do have a little affinity for because you know you did you did compete against them you did in the early days you know they were the names those those are the names of those are the teams that you kind of you're constantly seeing and you're kind of you know you're the, Came kind of so familiar with with what your the product you were seeing on ice. Um, I suppose so many great players came from some of those teams as well. You know, Basingstoke, um, you had Steve Lyle, um, Sean, uh, Steve, Steve Thornton. Um, yep. You know, teams that are uh, names that are synonymous with the, the sort of Giants legacy. Um, you know, and it's the it's a, it's a shame when you when a big team or a team like Basingstoke that has such history is uh, obviously struggling now so they're going to be out for a year they're hoping to be back but you never know with these big and that, and that that is is as it's being said at the moment it's a it's a pause it's not a good well it's hopefully a pause it's not they're, a they're saying that but i think there's real there is real concern that the amount of work that's required uh now there has been a councillor has given a statement to say that the money uh something like two and a half million has been secured and that the the work will be done um, but a lot of people are considering some of that to be a bit disingenuous at the minute because the the statement from um, the the rank has said that while the bison won't play, that junior training uh, and other on ice activities will continue. And the questions are already starting to come out about well, how how can you possibly do work to the ice plant and still continue with the juniors and 
public skating and all the rest of it. The other thing is, is, is that people have been fairly clear in their comments on social media and said that the rink has been to the point of being dilapidated or even and worse, and that yeah. the ice mm-hmm. has been dangerous. Um, so I've seen a few comments about how sort of dangerous state. it was. Yep. There was a lot um, of people comparing it to Whitley. Yep. Which okay. is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, well, uh, apparently there's an entire stand that just closed. Um, isn't used um, in in the rink. So that in itself, I mean, why that's been allowed to continue on. And, and clearly it's down to um, arguments about who is supposed to foot the money up, whether it's the rink operator. Uh, council, I saw put a statement out that said that their lease with Planet Ice states that uh, it is the leaseholder or Planet Ice's responsibility to keep the building in a decent state. If that's the case, then it's the council as the leasee, uh, or the, sorry, the leaseor, to ensure that they're uh, inspecting it and making sure that their leasee and Planet Ice is doing the work. Um, and that should have started from day one of the lease with Planet Ice. So this is either... Well, actually, to be honest, it's poor management from both, uh, and it's a sad, sad state of affairs that a team like Basingstoke are having to take minimum one season off and put fans through the the worry of not knowing whether their team is actually going to come back because this is a a whole season where a whole team of guys, if they want to keep playing, are going to have to go elsewhere. When you've then got, say, the work done after a year, maybe more. What position is that team in? Is there a, a, a crew of coaches? Is there a, is there even an owner that's willing to put the investment and money in to bring that team back in after one or two seasons of no gate? Um, we talk about the some of the elite league team being uh, gate to mouth, if you like, with their money. That's especially true down in the in the NIHL. So these are worrying times to be a Basingstoke Bison fan, and it's really really sad to see a a, a team go that way. We've seen it. Previously, um, Manchester, we've seen it. Um, we've seen it in um, London. Uh, and we've seen it more recently in the Isle of Wight as well. And this looks like just another example of ice sports in particular not being high on the agenda. Yeah. And it's a shame. Yeah, I, I do I do genuinely hope that, um, that it is kind of one of those one year only. I do genuinely hope it's a one year gap. It's a one year of trying to improve facilities, increase the, the you know the, the quality of the, the facility around for everyone, um, for both fa- for both the spectators as well as the players themselves, so that Bison can come back and, and return to the ice again in, in the following season. Because it's it, I, I understand. You know, where you are sitting right now. There is that uncertainty around that concern around. Well, okay, you are saying it's for a year. Is it going to be a year? And I and I kind of get that. And I, I really do genuinely hope for all of the fans there um, and everybody involved with the Bison, right from top down, from ownership down to, you know, current coaching GMs and everything else. I hope, I do genuinely hope that um, it, it's, it, it, does only, it does resolve itself and that they're back on ice after a year. I hope that, what you- uh, that their, their last game at Planet Ice is this Sunday, Easter Sunday. You would say that that's going to be, you know, you would hope it would be a fairly jumping uh, game to go to that a lot of their fans will come down and see them. Maybe jump, don't jump too hard though. Not jumping. That's why. That's why. That's why I was like, mm, maybe not jumping, but just tap, tap your feet gently, everyone. Um, yes. What do you see, guys? Do we make a commitment if they come back? Do we go and see a game? Yeah. Yeah. I don't see why not? 
Right, there you go. That's definitely going to get the council. That's going to get Basingstoke council on it. We're going to spend two and a half million to get a, a random podcast uh, based in Northern Ireland and Scotland to come down here for one game. Um, but yeah, yeah, you guys get playing again, hopefully for the 24-25 season and, and we'll be there. Um, Anthony, you can take that as, as rip. Take it to the bank. That's it. Take it to the bank. Um, I'm tr- Marty, I'm, just- I'm going to pass over to you for the the last story there that you've uh, you've thrown in as we were recording. I was just Google mapping Basingstoke to see kind of where is Basingstoke? So- Southwest of London. How do we get there? We, we fly to Southampton. <laughs> How do we get Southampton. There? Um, I'm also well, saying you like, guys fly to Southampton. I'll get the train. Oh, and it's only like four, it's only there's only 30, 30 minutes roughly between Guildford and Basingstoke. You know, you could tie in a. Look, to be honest, what we're saying is Guildford and Basingstoke need to have a chat here and organise home games. (laughs) Basingstoke, you guys do a home game. We don't care who you play, but do a home game. Guildford versus the Giants. That needs to be the Saturday. Just make sure they're opposite days and we're we're set. Great. Um, Okay, yep. As you say, one last story in this period and it's sticking with the NIHL. Um, And this is actually a news uh, that has broke tonight um, and people are probably wondering why we're we're bringing this story up and talking about um, retirement in the NIHL. But I think it's a worthy announcement to, uh, to talk about and i think it's a this is a, a, a significant retirement in the nhl um this 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 year will mark the end or mark the the his the skates will be hung up for uh lee jameson who celebrated his 600 game this past weekend uh for the milton Keynes lightning uh lee jameson is a name that is notorious for not only for the the, the milton Keynes lightning but he is well known name around the belfast giants as well and again we talk about these names we talk about um you know um people having little soft spot little place in their hearts lee jameson's one of those players he uh got the attention of the belfast giants in the league and he spent five seasons in northern Ireland playing for the belfast giants um before he moved to coventry blaze for one season uh eventually moving back to the milton Keynes lightning in 2009 um he is gonna be retiring his skates at the end of the season after the 600 game milestone um and over 20 plus years of playing um, so really just we wanted to just recognize that and just say uh, stick taps to Lee Jemison um, successful mighty career right across the elite league and also NIHL and he will uh, be a big name um, a franchise name and a in a in a household name that um, is, is one of those names that's going to be leaving at the end of this season um, we, we no doubt will have by the time we come back to our next episode next week and two weeks time after the playoffs i am um, no doubt we'll probably have a lot of other names that will be added to that list of retirements for this year i think there's two or three names that we're going to get before the end of this season um i think we're going to hear over the playoff weekend one of them particularly i think we're going to hear i'm not going to say which name i think it is but i think i think i've talented to dave about this one i think there's a name that's coming out um by the end of the season and I, i'd be very surprised if it doesn't um but i would say over playoff weekend we're going to hear um of a number of other retirements so we will come back to more retirements um before the end of the season um but yes again stick taps great career um and i think it's time i think it's he's made the right decision for himself so fair play to him yep here here okay guys do we have any more for any more in this period no okay with that then we'll get stuck into our period two of hockey Hello and welcome to Period 2 of Hockey. This is where we'll talk about hockey from outside of the United Kingdom. Um, and as usual, well, not as usual as I say, Marty has done a lot of this, but this is John's uh, period apparently this, this week. Um, John's put quite a few stories in, so I'll swiftly hand it over to him. Um, he's got a few ones that look that spicy. Well, they're all, they're all kind of linked. It's Essentially, it's one story. Um, 
so over the last few years, we've been pretty good at covering um, Pride um, and its representation, the, the nights that a lot of teams have had. Unfortunately, there's been um, some high-profile, um, I don't want to call them incidents, but high-profile high occasions of players choosing um, not to uh, celebrate the uh, LGBTQ community um, alongside uh, other other players and alongside the community of fans who are represented within the hockey family. That was not true this week in Nashville. Nashville played um, their Pride game. They skated out wearing their um, Pride jerseys amongst a lot of other events that took place in Music City. Um, and one of the first, not the first team, but uh, as a, an absolute bonus, all players uh, were wearing the Pride warm-up jersey. Um, Coach Hines gave a, an interview before the game, um, and I'm just going to read verbatim what he said, because I think it's uh, it's important to hear. So this was John Hines, the head coach of the Nashville Predators. All the players will be wearing the jerseys. It's something that we talked about as an organisation, and we believe we're an inclusive organisation and truly believe that hockey is a safe place for everybody. And it's something that our players are all on board with and want to represent everyone involved from the organization to people outside of the organization. We talked with all the players about it. This is what our philosophy is as an organization. But the players are a big part of the organization. So we had the discussion with the players just to see if there were any issues or anything like that. But the guys were all on board with it. We're planning on everyone wearing the jerseys and representing the organization that way. And that was exactly what happened. Pred's defenseman Tyson Barry talked about the importance of Pride Night uh, for himself. He thinks it's an awesome initiative. It's something that's really close to his heart. He's got family members and best friends in the community. And there's a little bit of frustration on my end with what's transpired this year with everything. Or clearly he's talking about elsewhere in the league. I think I know how hard it can be for people to come out and live their authentic lives. And I hope that none of the stuff that's gone on has pushed anyone back. Any young kids who are thinking about it. So I'm just really, really excited that everybody in our team is going to participate. Guys, to me, that's what hockey's about. And I am incredibly glad that it was that my team and one of my defensemen and my head coach can come out with statements like that. I think that is powerful considering uh, the issues that Pride has had in the NHL in particular this season. Um, guys, any any comment, any input on that? Yeah, I mean, I suppose I'll start us off. I mean, obviously, um, we, I think, was it me and Dave, was it us on the last podcast? We were chatting about this. I know this has been an ongoing story we've been trying to talk about over the course of the last um, few podcasts. And this isn't, you know, this is obviously a continuing story. This seems to be uh, a thing that's kind of going across the whole season. Um, it's great that the Preds came out and said what they said. And they, they, they kind of, you know, as a full team decided to do what they do. We know there's been a number of issues this, this season where there's been things coming out where initially it was a bit of like an obscure kind of like, why is it happening? You know, you know, and then obviously in our last podcast, we talked about the fact that there was a this story came out um from about the fact that there was a, a security concern around um players wearing pride jerseys because it was a concern for any russian born players to come out and be uh, supporting pride jerseys they wouldn't be allowed back into the their own home country ever again there was a whole big thing around families and home and being targeted um new laws and legislation coming in across um russia because of it um and we know all of those the stuff that's going on there so fair play to the fair play to the preds first and foremost for, for standing up and saying what they said and, and, and doing 
you know, shown it with the actual fact they were they stuck to their guns, wore those jerseys, and did what they needed to do. The other thing I should say is obviously we have had other teams um, since then as well who have also had similar Pride Nights. We've had the Toronto Maple Leafs, who I should note had a Pride Night in in Toronto. But what we should what we should say is that uh, and the Leafs made it very clear is they didn't wear a themed jersey for their Pride Night. However, what should be noted is that the, the Toronto Maple Leafs do not and have not worn a pride a, a pride a, a pride jersey since 2017 anyway they do other things on and off the ice they do the stick they still did the tip the, the the tape of the stick they still had decals on their helmets i think it was only one player maybe that um which was the goaltender which was um the least goaltender was the only player who um opted out of having the decal on his uh, helmet and again that's all to do with um the fact that again this whole risk Russian gold is a Russian goaltender this whole risk of security concerns that the NHL had raised in the last um at the end, at the end of till the end of last month that we talked about in our last podcast so that was in rights for him to do that and I'm saying tonight as of tonight um I know the Columbus Blue Jack or the Canadian Mont- Montreal Canadiens are due to have their pride night tonight um and they have put a statement out in the last two hours basically just saying that for seven years the Montreal Canadiens have proudly supported the LGBTQIA plus community through fundraising and awareness efforts um wearing pride colors and jerseys the message to groups lacking representation for the hockey is for everyone and for everyone is welcome to enjoy and engage in our sport at the bell center um there are families friends neighbors humans all have to deserve all deserve um, our dignity respect and fundamental underpins of the evening's events we have have been made aware that one of our players has chosen not to wear the pride, special pride jersey tonight um for family reasons and for our issues around security and safety as such we will not participate and he will not participate in warm-ups for this with his teammates how um while we understand the decision we also hope that the focus and will remain on what it should be and that it belongs on evolving as a society and becoming accepting and welcoming of everyone within our sport so what Montreal Canadiens are saying is we respect the fact that there's one player who's there because of security safety and family concerns we're highlighting that that is one player who's going to be have, who's not going to be standing because of it but we don't want that to take away from the fact that the rest of us are doing it and again, I think that Montreal Canadiens should be um, praised as well for the fact that they've come out and say what that is. I think that's the I think that's the right right way to message it around it. And I, I, and it, I it's interesting. I want to I just want to, I want to point out just on kind of what you were talking about there, especially with the sort of Russian uh, security idea. Um, whether it's a stance that these players are taking in particular, I don't know. But to be clear, the Nashville Predators have two Russian forwards um, who chose to participate in uh, the Pride warm-ups um, for in Nashville. Uh, Igor Afanasev and uh, Yakov Trenin both uh, participated fully in the event and clearly made no no issue made no issue of the the whole thing. So um it does throw it back that yes the, the league may be sort of covering uh, their backsides on the potential blowback and yes I, I, I'm not making light of the potential um, risk to these players or to their families because let's face it Russia is an absolute dictator state about how it manages um, its LGBTQ plus community um, talk, saying anything that promotes it is propaganda which is just absolute nonsense um, in amongst a whole pile of other nonsense decisions that Russia have made in the last few years. Um, so I I think I, in particular, would give stick taps to those players um, for standing up uh, for something. Um, but I don't make light of, of other players who are who are choosing to make a, another decision. Uh, it is their decision to make. Yep. Yep. 
Um, the only other thing I would say um on that is that obviously we know <laughs> we know that like obviously we we when we first were talking about these stories we weren't really sure of what was going on and what was being said and and I know this kind of the story has kind of came out at the end of the end of last month where it was the whole thing around security risks and concerns around family and everything else and we kind of kind of knew about that already with the fact that like we had we heard stories very early in the season even before the prize stuff was coming up we heard stories about players saying there were at risk and concerns around certain involvement with certain things and we heard that you know we 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 know that was aware but um we obviously can deny the fact that you know there is a very politically heated debate and stuff going on in the states at the moment which is far beyond us because obviously we don't live there we don't know you know we we're only we're only seeing it from an outsider's point of view we know what's going on at the moment especially with the trans community in in, in the us and stuff and it's such a heated debate right now and i know that some some people will then argue well then is the nhl trying to stand stand away and kind of some of the teams being scared to kind of make a stance given the fact that there's such a heated conversation going on right now but i'd like to think the fact that like you know we do have the fact that a lot of the teams have come out and have acknowledged the fact that like you know actually the majority of the players who are, are not doing it are russian or whatever it is you like to think then that that, that the real reason then is is this new alert that has been obviously has been finally they've come out and said this is the concern that we have and this is one of the reasons why our, our russian players are not taking part in this whole thing yeah. There's a uh, um, the U.S. and everything that's going on. Every every time there's a a push to um, support uh, an underprivileged group, they they seem to turn it into an attack on the majority, um, which it's not. It's the it's about uplifting somebody who is disadvantaged uh, and being um, the person who puts out a hand to help. Um, you know, there's no way, there's no other way to, to put it, but sometimes that gets turned around and turned into this. Well, if you're having to talk about this, why don't you talk about that? You know, sort of comments, which is, is not what we're, we're not, is not what pride's about. It's a, it's the, the olive branch, the hand out to help somebody who's been disenfranchised. Um, that's something outside their control. Um, and that's the, all you can do is be there and be a, be a supporter and an ally for them. Yeah. I think some of what we said last time is because uh, we've again, Mario, as you say, we've talked about this quite a lot this season. It's come up quite a few times. Um, the Flyers, one of the one of the Flyers players, uh, didn't didn't partake, and it was a sentiment that um, I can't remember who, exactly who said it, but it was pretty much the don't take away. Like I appreciate that there's these few players that aren't taking part, but don't take away from the sentiment that we actually have by having these Pride Nights. Um, they focus on that story, focus on that um, community. I think what we do and the reason that gets put in place by those Pride Nights as well. You know, as much as there might be a person that's not worn a jersey or a team that's not worn a jersey, every team, as far as I'm aware, has still uh, t- taken part in a Pride uh, sort of fundraiser. Um, so that's still something to be I, I think what will be clear at the end of the season which will be interesting to see is um, what 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 does happen what, where does Hockey is for Everyone movement go you know what is the ramifications going to be what is the plan going to be for the next coming season um, and and is there going to be something that's going to is it going to shake up in some way or are they going to have to relook at something so that'll be an interesting thing um, coming out of the season is how, how is that going to move moving forward what is the NHL's hockey is for everyone campaign going to look like and what's that going to be so um, we'll be I'm sure we'll be talking about this at the start of next season because I'm sure that will be something that will, will come up um, okay um I think we have one that Aaron put in, and is he ready to talk about it? Oh, this is my story. 
<laughs> yes. And it's a story that we, again, another story that has come up uh, quite a while. I don't know, did, it, did this start this season? When did the... So this is around the... Oh, this the, started as soon as Arizona, uh, <laughs> that franchise moved there. This has just been an absolute cluster the whole time. Wait, so this is regarding Arizona, uh, the, the Coyotes. When did they move stadium? When did they get kicked out of their last stadium? Was that this, this season? Is, this the, is the first season. This is the first season. In the mullet season, arena. In the mullet arena. I still have to say calling it arena is a bit of a push. Yeah, yeah. So what has happened is that the Arizona Coyotes have... They, it looked like they were finally finding an answer to their arena issues by finding a deal for an ent- an entertainment district in Temple. Tempe. Yeah. Tempe. Tempe. I can, I can read. Tempe. <laughs> <laughs> you just testing this, right? I'm just testing this. I'm just testing this. <laughs> I mean, episode but, 99, we are clearly the greatest ones out here. Uh, yeah. Giving you... Giving you uh, all the, the greatest hockey content. That's it. But anyway, it looks like there is a little snag going on. And it, it seems that Phoenix and the, the Arizona Coyotes uh, are having a little bit of a tit for tat. Wouldn't you disagree? Yeah. So they 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 put in a bid to build a new, um, a new arena in this new entertainment district. And it looked like it was going to go ahead and it was going to be quite a big development as I say, it was an entertainment district, and it was going to have an airport. Well, but, it, well, there was going to be an airport, but there wasn't going to be any housing in this entertainment district. Am I right in saying no, that? No, so it's the opposite way around. So the entertainment district is being built close to the airport, the Tempe Tempe Airport. It's right. being close. It's being it's been built in in a, in a zone in in Arizona or in Phoenix, um, which is known as um, Sky Harbor, which is the district of where the international airport is because it's the Sky Harbor International Airport. So I think the idea was that Arizona counties had found um, a space and a land that they wanted to use for an entertainment district, which would include the the new arena. It would include um, kind of similar like the pavilion kind of style where they'd have like restaurants, outlets and that sort of thing. But on top of that, what they wanted to have as part of this 2.3 billion project was they wanted to have um f- they wanted to have homes and residential development area capabilities so that they could have high-rise flats and apartments and some residential areas again to tie in people to the area so there are people living in the around entertainment district so that so that they don't have an area where you have like where it's previously maybe happened with the um odyssey here in belfast which is a good example where you had the pavilion which set with all of this entertainment stuff for long enough where it had no housing fell apart didn't really kind of ground and now there's housing and there's development in around the odyssey arena and now we're trying to rebuild the entertainment aspect because now we actually have people who can actually come along to that point so the problem i think was sorry i'm i'm seeing your story here no, no, we're um, we're i think what what i was taking from it was the understanding was that that's the that's what they had filed that's what they asked for and i think that's what was kind of rubber stamped it was like okay that's fine but then phoenix township um, then decided he came across and have decided that they have rejected the approval at this time for any development of residential areas. So what they've said is, yeah, you can have your you can have your your entertainment area. However, we're now saying that it's not compatible for residential development because there's too yeah, com- so too much noise complaints because of the airport. Yeah, so the, the, airport. City, the city is saying that they've taken recommendations from the Federal Av- Aviation Authority which says that because of the flight path of the airport, the noise generated by the aircraft would breach limits for residential development. Right. 
So while the agreement was rubber stamped to say to uh, the Yotes and their development company, which I think is called Bluebird, to say, yes, you can do all of this, they've since come back on this and have said, actually, no, you can't do the residential because the FAA says you can't. I so, thought they couldn't do any of it, though. No, so no, 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 no. So they can still do the entertainment, they can still build the arena, but what right. the Yotes want is the residential part of it, and that's why they're suing for what they're calling breach of contract with the city of and they're and it just so happens that they're suing for the same amount of money as the actual development would cost which is 2.3 billion um so that that's quite sim- that's quite an interesting way to do it so the actual amount of the development is actually how much they're suing for um so they're basically suing for damages for 2.3 million billion so i think as a result i think what the phoenix the township of phoenix of Tarrant went is like okay so you're suing us for 2.3 billion so basically that's the cost of the development that you want to build um they're like okay well do you know what we'll step back and we'll say okay he's can put in that development plan that's okay let's go for it so it's kind of a, a still and it's still unsure of why it's going to happen um i think aaron did you say there was a date there that they haven't to yeah, put it very, forward yeah so where did i see that it was at the very bottom of not this article it was something like the 9th of may there's a vote being put okay. uh forward um I, mean, I swear I thought that they they weren't able to do it because it, it sounded like that Phoenix were trying to the, the way it's worded here is to keep their monopoly of their downtown sports venues. So they were allowing other things to happen, but they weren't allowing the ice hockey to happen, the ice hockey arena, because Phoenix wanted to keep their monopoly of uh, of their venues in the city rather than outside the city. No, as far as I know, there was always. I mean, from from I remember from before Christmas time, we talked about the fact that this that the planning had been put in, um, for this this development to happen, and I think it was as we say, it was kind of rubber stamped at that point to say, yep, that this all looks good. This is the plans, and I think then it was going to be put to the council, the the, the township. I think it was supposed to be put to the township around about March time to have this discussion. Obviously, this discussion has happened in March, and this is what has came from that discussion. Is that they've said, yep, that's fine. You can go ahead with your entertainment village, but you're not having your residential area that you want. Um, Look at this point. The reality is that this relationship is poisoned. Like yeah. you, you had the the team effectively were locked out of their arena because they weren't paying their bills. Um, this is a team that has been in receivership twice. It was run by the league for four years because their previous owner ran them into bankruptcy. The new owner uh, came in and bought the team under the sort of rules and regulations that the team would stay in Phoenix because that's exactly where the league wants it, um, and. Now they're running into more and more of these problems. You've got two, okay, the NHL is one as well, call it three completely incompetent franchise owners uh, who are driving a franchise team into the ground. You've got one of your 32 teams that is a complete laughing stock, let's be honest, because they can't pay bills. They now can't build an arena and they're playing out of a college hockey team's yeah. home arena. Um, and from what we saw at the start of the season, they were uh, failing to sell it out every game. Um, I'm not sure what the position is now, and to be honest, I don't care enough to go and look at the stats at this point. Um, To me, this has to be a relocation. It's absolutely... It doesn't matter what Gary Bettman and what the NHL wants. The only way forward for this team is to move, and this has to be done before the NHL talks about further expansion. Because Mm. what you end up doing is expanding to... 33 or 34 teams and if you leave the Yotes where they are the inevitable is going to happen and that team is going to fold 
because the yolks, remember, are also embroiled in this um, broadcast rights problem, which means they're not going to be getting the money that was promised through that system as well. So the NHL, as an organisation, cannot prop up this franchise. So they have to move somewhere else. I know they have one of the best alternate jerseys in the league. The um, that that alternate logo is absolutely fantastic, but it doesn't pay the bills unless you're charging twenty thousand dollars per jersey. Maybe they will. Um, maybe that's that, maybe that's maybe what they will. Maybe the absolute lunatics who follow this team will pay that. Uh, mostly all through Paul Bissonnette being on spitting chiclets because all he does is pump the tires of this team uh, because he played for them. But um, I- no, in in league for the league's benefit. This has to end at some point, and it can only end with them going somewhere else. Whether that's this new franchise in the Toronto area, whether it's to Quebec, like the entire world wants. The entire world wants a franchise in Quebec. Just send the Yotes there. They're waiting. They've got an arena. They are ready for an NHL franchise. This has to stop because it's beyond a joke now. I find the information about the votes. So we'll, we'll, we might find out more about that. The, the voters are slid to decide if the plan goes forward uh, in May 16th, as I said. But of course, it's going to be unclear if these, this vote actually takes uh, place because of the legal actions might change the process. Um, and there's a bit, just, it just continues on the story, pretty much reiterating what John said. It's like, it hasn't even broken ground yet. And based on history, this is going to be a dirty game for the next few while. There's going to be but, uh, some twists as well. and turns we t- and we angry statements. We, yeah, we talked before we started recording. Even if they get their planning, how long is it going to be before they actually play a game at this new arena if it actually happens? Minimum five years for me. So that's five years that the league has got to continue propping up this team. It's a joke. They, they have to move. If Phoenix can get their beep together and get this arena built, and maybe this is what it needs. Maybe it needs the current ownership and it needs that franchise, that team, to go away so that Phoenix can get themselves together and build this arena themselves. Maybe the city needs to build it. Feel the dream style. Build it and they will come. Go for an expansion team at that point. It's been done before. Teams have moved away and expansion teams have moved in. There, there's also if, nothing, in my opinion, there's absolutely nothing stopping the the moving out temporarily. Um, why would they? Why, this is this is what I thought they would have done um, with Seattle. I thought Phoenix was maybe going to go to Seattle two to three years, then they do the expansion, they move back to Phoenix, and the expansion sets up in Seattle because um, you test the market. Um, but then it obviously didn't happen because that would have given them time to build the arena and have everything ready to go. It was Hartford did it with. Quebec, Quebec went to Hartford for a while and then went back. I think um, after the whole world hockey merge thing, um, there was a whole kerfuffle. I think it's important to remember here, though, that the way these articles go at the moment, it's like, oh, per per Arizona Coyotes, like they're not innocent in this in this story at all. Nobody, like is. they're in this, they're in this this <coughs> because they didn't pay, they didn't pay their taxes, or they didn't pay, they didn't um, pay their rent. Yeah, and am I right in saying that the arena in Tempe really wasn't that old to start with? No, it was. I mean, it was still. It was still. I, I, I was no. I was still. A, it was only as old as the franchise. Yeah. The franchise isn't yeah. that old. So they're so, not innocent here. 
Nope. No, they're not. It's a mess. And guaranteed, we'll probably have the same arguments when we come back next season and start talking about this. Oh, definitely. With what the co- the Coyotes have on uh, Gary Batman, we'll be talking about it for a long time. <laughs> um, okay, um, I think that's everything from period two. Um, and I think we can move on to period three. Period three is our general knocky news. Knocky news. Sing it with me. Um, Knocky news is where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that doesn't fit neatly into either period one or period two. This time around, we've only got one story, but it is an absolute belter. Marty, you've put this down. The Belfast Giants are going to host a very special game in the middle of April. Correct. Um, I think of our on our last recording, if I if I'm right in saying, Dave, um, I think the teaser for this was put out, um, yes. which kind of had us questioning and wondering what what was going on. I think we kind of knew that it was going to be UK, Ukraine themed in some way because obviously we had the blue and red, yellow colors, and we knew there was some kind of um, something coming. We weren't sure if it was going to be like maybe someone's testimony and they were going to raise money for a Ukrainian charity. We didn't really know, but uh, what has now made be made clear and what we do now know is that the uh, Belfast Giants will be hosting a all star lineup on Wednesday, the nineteenth of april at the ssa arena and it'll be the belfast giants versus the oh my god near pro creation which are a ukrainian team um the ukrainian national championship side um the two teams will face off an aid for of charities in ukraine uh, the charity ukrainian hockey dream which is part of the ice hockey federation of ukraine's hockey can't stop tour um the whole idea of it is that the the two teams will come together uh, for a one-off international themed game um and all money and all proceeds will be going to the charity so everything that's been Everything from the uh, ticket sales uh, to the uh, on at night. I think during the night there'll be um, raffles. There'll be shut off the back probably as well. Um, there is currently a raffle for a Belfast, which is causing a bit of controversy, which I've noticed tonight online. Uh, the Belfast Giants have put up uh, the Belfast Giants official supporters club have put up a um, one-off. Boston Bruins jersey signed by the Boston Bruins team that visited the Belfast Giants in 2010. Um, that is currently up for uh, raffle as well, and all proceeds from that will also be going to this um, to this Ukrainian um, this Ukrainian charity. Um, what has been interesting is that obviously um, the Belfast Giants have been drip feeding the lineup for the the, the, the Belfast Giants All Star team. Um, so far, we have the likes of Johnny Boxhill coming back. We have um, some players who are already here. So we have the likes of uh, David Goodwin. We have Steve Saviano returning to the team. We have Jeff Baum. We have Daryl Lloyd returning to the team alongside. We also have announcement that Kiefer is going to be playing on this game. So I'm going to imagine we're going to have a Kiefer, Garside, and a Lloyd line at some yeah, point. Garside's been a nice as well. Been Absolute announced. wrecking ball line. JJ Pickenich has been announced. Someone's going someone's gonna to have to remind them that this is a charity game. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> JJ Pickenich has been announced as coming back. George, George Wada is going to um, skate on the night. Andrew is Dickens. he skating? Yeah, as far as I'm aware. That's yeah, what's happening. Yeah. Triple, Triple H is yeah. going to be skating. Triple H is skating. <laughs> um, Mark Garshad, as we already Swinny. said. Uh, Swinney is coming back. He's been announced Swinny. as well. Um I mean, some great, great names. Um, if not for, if not for anything, it'd be great to come along the game just to see some of these iconic Belfast Giants players who we haven't seen in a while, and there's still more to be announced. Um, yep. Guys, I mean, what's your thought? I mean, it's a great, it's a great, um, you know, obviously it's a great charity, it's a great cause. Um, you know, excited? What do you think, Dave? I think it's going to be awesome. Um, I think it's an amazing um, way to leverage uh, sport. Especially for for the for Kershaw, considering uh, everything that's currently going on in, in Ukraine, 
uh, Kherson is one of the most um, contested uh, regions of this conflict, um, and they are have had so many families displaced that anything that can be be raised to help uh, any of the families in any way in that area um, is great. And I think as an opportunity to look back at some of the giants best um it's going to be phenomenal some of these names are like i remember we were talking about it on the way home from the you know the giants league winning match about steve Saviano. i was like i loved him watching him play he was unreal so fast and just uh you know so much energy daryl lloyd you can't go wrong with daryl lloyd like after his appearance in um goon you know you can't uh you can't yeah. not, uh, look away exactly um it's gonna be gonna be phenomenal I'm um, talking what two weeks away? Two weeks away. Yep. Um, so it's after. It's obviously after. And the tickets after, are after, up. Yep, tickets are on sale. Wait, to be honest, I know we're going to talk about it, but they've still got playoffs to do. If, if I'm t- I'm touching wood here, right? Okay. If they do the treble, the the guys who are currently on the team might still be drunk, so this could end up like uh, the playoff third place game or mm. the the Dundee Giants after the league game. Why did you say it, Dar- Daryl Lloyd, Daryl did- Lloyd, and uh, Big George might actually be the best skaters on the ice uh, that night. <laughs> um, as I say, um, I mean, John, you know, Dave's obviously touched upon it. You know, some some great names coming back and everything else, and, and it's a worthy cause. And you know, obviously, um, everything that's going for it. But I mean, I mean, this is a, a significant because obviously the story here as well is, you know, we have Ukrainian, we have a Ukrainian team coming into play because obviously we have, um, we know how much hockey means to people. We've seen stories. Um, throughout this year, you know, we've had young young guys, young players. Um, I think it was a story out recently where I think they had like was it in Glasgow? I think they they brought along a couple of young Ukrainian boys um, who were yep. hockey fans who came along in a couple of the games and were playing out playing um, you know, with the junior teams and stuff. And I think you know, I mean, it's a great, it's a great, another great night just for kind of a game of support and also obviously just you know how important hockey is for people in people's lives. It's it's, it's great when you consider um, sort of what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is raise money and it will be used to support, um, they say, up to 7,500 young players, uh, professionals, coaches and staff members to continue playing the game of hockey during what is uh, an incredibly trying time, especially when you consider that... Um, 60% of young hockey players in Ukraine have been forced to abandon their homes and relocate uh, away from either their, their own homes or actually to flee Ukraine entirely. Um, and the situation in Ukraine, when hopefully everything is, is over and uh, they can go back home again, uh, at this point it's estimated that around 40% of um, the ice plants, the, the rinks in Ukraine, um, have either been destroyed or seized. Um, and are likely in no fit state uh, to to host hockey again. So this is this is massively important um, as well. It's not all about hockey. It's about maintaining a a sense of normality in what is completely abnormal uh, for all these people uh, to keep something as and let's be honest, something as small as hockey to keep that in their lives and make things a little bit normal uh, is a, a massive thing to to do. Um, and I. From a personal perspective, I really hope there's a webcast. Yep. Yep. Can someone um, reach out to Boomerang Corner and ask them to tweet out all of the chants again? Like, can you remember all of the chants for all of these players? Quite a few. 
Can you go through them? Mm-hmm. Quite a few. Um, I would say there's quite a few, and they've been doing they've been doing a couple of. I think they have been kind of doing a couple of the, some of them. I heard a Daryl Lloyd one being sung recently, and I heard the George Waddle one, obviously quite regular because obviously George is obviously um, on the on the bench at the moment. But um, I, I would I would know the Steve Saviano ones and a couple of others, so it'd be good. Um, obviously we've got uh, Ginger Jesus as well coming back, so um, it'd be good. It'd be good. Can't wait. <laughs> Um, but yes, um, if you haven't if you haven't done so already, get your tickets in for that. I'm sure it's going to be. I'm sure it's going to be a, a great night of 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 hockey. But also more importantly, um, see some of those those Giants players reskating. But also more importantly, you know, obviously given um, to the, a really worthy charity, I guess as well, um, which is the main story here. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, we will see some of you there. Yep. Uh, that is it for knocking news. Um, only one story, but one incredibly important story. And uh, Marty, that then brings us on to overtime. It does indeed. So our overtime segment is just anything else where if we had any questions being put to us from social media or if there's any other stories um, making the rounds or anything else we want to have a quick chat about before we finish off our episode. Um, it would be remiss of us to not talk about this before the end of this episode because the next time we record um, will be our 100th episode and that will be post-playoffs. Um, we're on episode 99 today and um, our next episode will be episode 100, which is fitting because it will be just after our playoff um, weekend away. So guys, we are heading off to the playoffs um, just over a week's time now. So it's literally this day next week uh, will be our, our sleep. Um, we'll be all heading to bed, excited for our early morning start on the Friday, on the Friday morning heading to the airport for us guys um john i know you're getting the train later in the day and you're coming down to meet us uh, in nottingham um but the final four weekend is upon us um next weekend but before we get to the final four weekend we do have all important games this coming weekend which we do need to chat about so the playoffs obviously with the league finishing this past weekend um it has um put together what our playoff uh, quarterfinal matches will look like um, and that will look and that will take the form of the belfast giants will face off against the glasgow clan the coventry blaze will face off against the cardiff devils the northern panthers will face off against the guildford flames the sheffield steelers will face off against the manchester storm i know i didn't do that in order but it's just i'm just reading it from the bases on what the matches are following um so guys i guess the first question um to put to you is um again obviously we're, we're Belfast Giants fans so we're just going to put Belfast Giants through to the playoff final weekend but no we can't let's be 100% serious it's a, it's two games we're going up against Glasgow we can't take it for granted because we know what happens when you take a team for granted we've seen that with Sheffield this year in the five flyers so we know we can't take a team for granted um who let's go Ryan I want to get your thoughts the first question that's been put to us um is Final four weekend predictions. Who makes the final? Uh, Dave, let's go to you first. Who are our final four teams for the final four weekend? Um, so, obviously, I have to say the Giants are going to get there to the final weekend, mainly just because the we haven't lost the clan this season, um, as far as I'm aware, unless I'm missing something. Um, and... I think this this team, the Giants team, is just will just be too strong for them, um, and I'll I hope I'll put warm my heart with sleep. Um, Guildford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't think I need to say any more on that one. Um, I don't think Nottingham really need to. I don't think they've got a snowball's chance, but uh, I, how often am I right? Um, the the next the next two are a lot more tricky. Um, Manchester have pulled out some amazing performances. But I think it's going to be Sheffield. Uh, but I do think it's going to be tight. I don't think it's going to be a, a as big a blowout as some of the Sheffield fans think it will be. And I think Coventry will beat 
the, the devils. Coventry have become a serious force uh, post-Christmas. They are an absolute beast of a team. Uh, and Danny Stewart has that team drilled to an inch of its life. Yeah. Okay. No. I and I, Dave. I'm I'm gonna echo what you say. My exact predictions are exactly the same. Giants, Guildford, Steelers, and Coventry. Um, John, do you have any different? Uh, no, I don't have any different. Uh, the only rationale I would change is why I would pick the Blaze because they are a proven postseason team. They are a, a they're a playoff team. Um, they continue to push teams right the way through these final four games of um, the season um, and playoffs is is theirs. Danny Stewart has won how many playoffs um, at this point? Um, like as a coach, um, the Blaze are are there thereabouts all the time. The Steelers are always a force when it comes to playoffs as well. Um, they do tend to be built around that. Um, those knockout games take away take away the Challenge Cup this year. They they do tend to perform quite well in those knockout games. Um, Guildford, absolute force this season, uh, absolutely brilliant. I've said it earlier in the podcast. I think pound for pound, uh, on spend they have punched way above their weight again this season, and they've done it for the last two seasons, uh, probably three actually, uh, when you take into account their Challenge Cup runs uh, that they've had over the last few seasons, uh, but. Uh, and absolutely wouldn't change any rationale behind the Belfast Giants. They are the best team in the league this season. Um, Aaron, last but not least, I mean, do you have any other thoughts? I mean, do you have the would you have the same prediction, or do you have any other? The only ones I'm changing is the steel is the is no sorry not the Steelers the the Devils Devils for Coventry um, okay Devils Devils for Coventry um, I know, I hear what you're saying about the players, um, but I, I I don't think that you can yeah, just Devils push away. That was been retaining as well, wouldn't they, for the playoffs if they managed to get it all the way to the end? They yep. got it last year. Sheffield, win, the Devils win or Sheffield win last year? Who played Continental Cup this year? Car- Cardiff. Cardiff. So Cardiff got it. Yep, Cardiff. Yeah. Cardiff. So I, I don't, I don't think you can just push the Devils aside as easily as that. Uh, so I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for the Devils. But for the other ones, yeah, I completely agree. I think the next round is going to be very interesting, though. But. Yeah. Let's get to that. But oh, here will we? But we just asked the Steelers who's going to play. <laughs> Absolute clowns! I've never, honestly, it was only as funny because I've never seen the league jump to correct something on social media so quickly. So yeah. to be honest, see if I see them at, at playoffs next weekend, I will shake Luke Fisher's hand just for that one tweet because that was absolute gold. And the Steelers deserve finally to be hauled over the coals for stupid, stupid tweets. They continually get away with it, and it's they don't even understand the competition that they're playing in. <laughs> Idiots. I mean, we. I mean, uh, it was it was it was comical. It was comical, and I know what they're trying to say. They're trying to say, obviously, top seeding, blah 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 blah. Players such and such and such and such and such. They didn't even pay attention. They didn't. They, 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 they didn't because as, as they lately came out and clearly stated they were like no but it all gets reset on the month you know it all gets it reset it still gets reset on. it's still top remaining seed plays lowest remaining seed and the other two play each other in the second game so you're a bunch of idiots um, but yeah so it'll be an interesting weekend um we're excited about that weekend. We cannot wait for that weekend. We've already talking. We've already got stuff going on in our chats. Um, we've got like, yeah, it's, I, I mean. Listen, listen, listen. You say that our, our next recording is the 100th. 
who's coming to chat to us <laughs> like you're, to be honest it's going to be me wandering around um offering a microphone to random people and saying do you want to come and chat to us um so <laughs> if you do see us if you see these jerseys knocking about nottingham come and chat to us uh, because um, i'll be knocking around with these I think you might be. The, I think you might be the only one in the door fourteen jersey. I've only got hand luggage, and I can only bring one jersey with me, and it has to be a Giants one. Um, no, no, no! You can wear one and tie one around your waist. What the hell are you going to wear to the third place? But I also game? have to. I also have to wear a hoodie as well as. Uh, uh, Look, I'll try to figure it out, okay? Tie it around your waist. So, your waist. the next question I have before we finish off in our overtime segment, and it's about this, obviously, the playoff weekend, because obviously it's coming up and we're all excited about it. Um, the quest, the first question was asked um, for, for, the, for this, and Mark asked these questions, so thanks, Mark, for these questions. Um, I've already predicted the, the answers to these questions, so Mark, we'll see how close I got to what, the question, what my answers were to you already. Um, oh, are we only doing first round? Yeah, well, we don't know. Well, who? Well, who do you think's gonna make? Who do you think's gonna make the final again? You, I don't really, you know. Giants and whoever. Giants and whoever. Um, so, <laughs> and I don't. I, and I'm, if I'm gonna be 100 percent correct, I don't know who's playing who in that final weekend, in that Saturday games, those semi-final games. I don't know who the Giants are gonna be playing. I don't know if they're playing Sheffield. I don't know if they're playing Cardiff. I don't or Coventry. I don't know. If they're, I don't know the season myself. I don't. I don't know. I'm not gonna be 100 percent honest. I don't know because of the oh, season. I don't yeah. know who's playing who yet. Um, I think we, don't, we won't know that none until, of us do because we still have quarterfinals to play exactly. it doesn't matter you the Giants are going to win the Giants so, are going to win Grand we, Slam baby so we, we can't guess who's going to make the exact final because we obviously need to know who's going to be um, yeah anyway the question was um, for for those of you who have been and I think at this point we've all been a playoff final weekend um, what each what is your previous playoff what is your favourite memory from a previous playoff final weekend Dave let's go with you first that goal. Yep. Evan Chevry. That goal. Yep. Which is exactly... and also you, and also you crying at the same point, but yeah, that goal. Which is, <laughs> excuse me. I was I was not crying. I was hyperventilating and couldn't breathe and had to sit down at the back of the arena. I literally was just like, I can't breathe. I'm dizzy. I'm gonna fall. Yeah, the whole thing. Um, was it? So did you guess that one? I guess that that's one. Yeah, yeah there we go. Awesome. I guess that answer already. Aaron, kind of same to you. I know you've been a couple of playoff final weekends, but what's your favorite memory uh, off or on ice? Well, of course, the 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 biggest one that I always go to is Dave Stagdo weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't we didn't win that year. Nope, nope. But one one memory that I always like, and one team that's always got a soft spot in in in, in uh, my head is. Uh, and I can't remember their name. <laughs> hey! <laughs> um, I love these guys. You know those guys. Those guys. You know those guys. That Scottish team. That's that Scottish team. The Glasgow clan. <laughs> it's because because they weren't the Glasgow clan back then. Brayhead. Still not. To be fair, they're still not. The <laughs> <Brayhead>. <laughs> I remember. We were getting like Trump. We were like basically all of the Giants fans were just quiet. Um, like it was just a, it was a tough old game. And I remember uh, the Brayhead clan getting up and cheering for the Giants and cheering us on. And I, and I, from that point, I've, I'm always a big fan of those that, that team that I can't remember the name of. <laughs> <laughs> those guys, massive fan. Those massive guys, fan. Those, those, those Scottish guys, I'm always big. I, I, I just remember them cheering us on and trying to get the, the, the Belfast fans going again. Do you not, Murray? You're looking at me like a like a like no, a do. Do you not I, remember that? I do remember. I was really hungover, really drunk at the, at the yes. Stag weekend. Um, but I do remember it. No, I do remember it. Um, 
I do. And it's funny because I got part of the answer right because I said you were, you'd mentioned it this Dave Stag weekend. I did say it would be the Dave Stag weekend you were talking about, but I thought it was going to be something completely different. Um, that you were going Go to mention. Well, what did you think? I thought you were going to talk about um the after the after the first night this after the first the first night the first night of games in bunkers um meeting the gang um our friends from america uh, and just the crazy oh, yeah, night we had awesome. that night which was just a fun night um i thought you were gonna talk I about did, that i didn't want it to be all just my best memories were just drinking and partying <laughs> I, was like, I, I, I wanted to mention i it's, want to mention hockey one it's thing playoff final weekend it's mostly about drinking and, and partying um john last uh, coming to you what's your what's your favorite memory do you know, I could go with um, waking up on the, the morning after the first night and realising that I'd brought um, half a, a tub of chicken wings back to the hotel with me and could have them for breakfast. Uh, but I'm not going to go with that because clearly, and I'm pretty sure you're going to have guessed this one, is um, on the final day of playoffs, we, I think we randomly went to the third place game because we basically had nowhere better to be. Um, and... I ended up finding that I was on the big screen because I had sent a selfie the night before because the theme for that play the theme for those playoffs had been um whose whose jersey could you hang the most clothes pegs off before they noticed. And that night the um the night of the first games, uh Aaron Murphy was down in bunkers. And I, I clearly was the only person with the guts who managed to get a, a clothes peg on his suit jacket and then took a selfie uh, behind him with a, I think it was like a pink um, clothes peg was on the back of his suit jacket. Um, and I think I put uh, something along the lines of um, I pegged Aaron Murphy last night. <laughs> now, the, the Elite League didn't put the caption on, but they put the photo on the big screen. <laughs> oh, oh! Did you guess that one? Good memory. Um, no, I didn't. Is that the title of this podcast? No, it's not. But it should <laughs> <No>. be now. <laughs> um, Here, I still want my media accreditation for next weekend. So no, that's not the title. That's fantastic. That's brilliant. Um, my memory, I would say, it probably. Oh, goes... can I try? And, can I guess. Try and guess yours. Sure. Go ahead. Ooh. Was it you dine in the bottle of Lambrini? <laughs> <laughs> That was definitely not a highlight of that week. That that certain playoff final weekend. See, that was, see uh, before see before you give yours. What did you guess mine was? To be honest, I didn't guess yours. I couldn't figure out what yours would be. Sorry, Joe. I, I kind of thought I kind of figured out Dave and John Irons because I thought that'd be quite easy. But yeah, I didn't did, get yours. Did did pegging the guy? Didn't even <laughs> didn't even clear my mind. But yeah, that's a really good example. <laughs> um, no, the Lambrini incident was not. Uh, it's definitely not. Um, that was. Did they get into the fight with. Uh... Diane, after she found out you drank it. No, she's not, no, 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 no. She was annoyed because someone, because someone had drank her vodka, which wasn't oh, me. I wonder who that. I um, wonder who that was. I think that was you. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Diane, apologies. Um, yeah, no, my my memory is is an all nice uh, all, a nice memory, and it's exactly the same as yours, Dave. It's that it's that that because we've only seen it happen that once when we've been there, where it was we've seen a playoff championship being won, um, and it was a mix of I think my my memory is a mix of that experience of that happening and just the sheer delight and the sheer ex- excitement of everything and, the, and cheering and the screaming of everything that happened there, nearly passing out in the um yeah. stars because I, I kind of forgot to breathe and i think i nearly blacked out because i forgot to breathe um and then just that whole sunday that whole sunday night then and we knew 
we i know <laughs> the one thing i remember most about it vividly is the fact that like we had the early red eye flight out of nottingham the next morning like the flight yeah. was supposed to be at, it was the only one or something we could get yeah, was six o'clock or something 10 past six quarter past six in the morning flying from belfast uh flying into belfast from nottingham um on ryanair and um we were just like you know what we were kind of like drinking away and bunkers celebrating our win and everything else the team came and we were you know obviously having fun and stuff and drinking away and had the the big flag and everything was out and we were just completely going nuts and i remember just at one point looking at the watch and thinking three hours to get to the airport it's all right still got time it's okay that's when the sex the sex shop burnt down wasn't it yes facing it yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, fun times fun memories um okay <laughs> we're gonna get we're kind of getting long in this episode we've got one more question yeah. to do before we finish off so the last question is um you know having that in mind your previous playoff final weekend experiences memories what about this particular year are you looking forward to the most i think this is our first year all four of us going yeah. yes yeah. yeah that's it for me yes i would say a, a sentimental and as soppy as it sounds i think it is the fact that like it's the first it's the first time the four of us will have been together for an away game especially for playoff final weekend um because we've never done playoff finals together um but also it's the first time we've been together as a proper away game since vegas um prior yeah. to lockdown and prior to covid and everything else um and I think that's, I know it sounds soppy and sentimental, but I think that's one of the big things I'm looking forward to the most is just hanging out with you three um, for that full, full weekend and just seeing what banter we get up to, some banter comes out of it and see what kind of, you know, this this, this podcast kind of has come, came from those such experiences. Um, so, um, you know, I just, I, I look forward to, to, to next weekend and just hanging out with you guys and obviously the hockey. Look forward the to seeing, seeing friends and making new friends. Sentimental. Yeah, and uh, I promise not to jump into any bushes. Well, you're a bit older for that now. A bit older for that now. But let's see what happens I, when you come out. I don't, I don't think I can survive that these days. But let's see what happens after you've had a certain um, number of of, of um, mixed Let's go back and see if we can see, find that same bush. I know exactly what that bush is, so we'll, we'll walk past <laughs> and see what happens. I'm just I'm just asking as well, because I, I know it was Mark who asked those questions. I'm surprised that there, there wasn't an extra question in there. And it was, uh, Dave, what time's the table booked? <laughs> I have to change it now no he said no, we'll talk about it after we'll talk about it off camera because it's okay. fine we don't need to change it I'll explain did you yeah. phone up and confirm it though no I did not <laughs> I have the booking confirmation relying on relying on IT IT things you know. I do have the booking confirmation so hopefully Anyway, that's that's a story for off the podcast, <laughs> guys. With that, I think we'll t- we'll bring this episode to an end. Um, it has been a great episode, getting you all back on, um, having a chat with all four of us. Um, it's definitely been a refreshing. Um, it's been great to have you on. Um, so thank you very much. Um, next episode will be our one hundredth episode. It will be post playoffs. Um, so hopefully we won't be too um broken. Um, and um, we we will bring you our one hundredth episode in our next um next time around. Um, with that you can listen to the 99 other episodes well 98 other episodes because there's one missing the missing episode I thought we found um, it. no there's one episode still missing 
still one still one missing um so we will um there, but you can listen to all the other episodes you can check out the content and everything else on our website door14hockey.com get involved tell us your thoughts and your memories of playoff finals weekends past let us know what you're looking forward to this weekend uh this playoff weekend coming um and also as john said if you are up for a chat and you would be happy to have just a, a brief chat with us about anything and everything about your own team about how the seasons went for your team or just want to chat about hockey give us a shout um let us know on social media um or just give us a shout on the day if you see one of us around um we would love to chat to you um and you can do that by checking in with us on all our social media channels uh facebook instagram and also uh twitter at door 14 hockey um guys with that uh, oh no last thing to say is obviously uh for your podcast provider of choice if you can don't forget to visit a like thumbs up uh subscriptions um notifications all that sort of stuff um leave us a review if you can um it really does help um and it, it kind of just boosters listenership so we thank you for anybody who has done that to date um with that we will sign off for this week i'm marty i'm dave i'm john i'm Aaron. have a great week.